Hey ladies, how you doing out there, you gangsters and you senior citizens of the world? I just want to let you know that I'm here. I'm starting my new podcast with Anchor. It's free, so I thought, why not give it a try? There's creation tools there that allow you to edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute my podcast, so it will be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can also make money from your own podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, at home. During the coronavirus epidemic, this is where we're going to be. So, it's a mandatory call to action that we... Take anchor. I believe Patsy was trying to tell us something here. I believe that she knows exactly what went on. And when she says, keep your babies close, she means that. She took a risk with her baby. Child. John Benet Ramsey. And I found out, she said to the policeman when she was a bit drowsy, why did they do this? Why did they do this? Spookily. A strange sentence to say, isn't it? Did she leave them in the care? Did she leave a little girl in the care of some people that she should have? Stay with it. Near the end, it's all revealed. In all cases, we need a reliable witness. Someone first-hand, someone there at the time. We've got one. Linda Arndt she said, why did they do it to try to throw you onto another trail? If she knows if she says, why did he do it, that she would be implicating her husband or her son. So she had to say, why did they do it? She couldn't say, why did she do it? Because then she would be implicating herself in the third person. So she had to say they. That's why she hesitated, because she almost said the wrong thing. Why are you bullshitting? This pretty little girl. Trafficked sexually. Joel, or not Joel, but that Epstein guy had something to do with it at one point. Okay, you're going to find out from my digging around in this for the next few weeks that um, while the investigation's ongoing, no one's saying anything because they've got a gagging order, and here's the proof. Many people in this have got a gagging order, can't speak about it unless it's a trial. And here's the truth of it, all the money will make sure there never will be a trial. There is a lot of people inside the case who know exactly what happened, but they can't say because they're gagging order. Uh, the biggest clue I can give you is the mayor said when Hatsy um, Ramsey frightened the whole population of Boulder by saying there's a killer on the loose, look after your children. The mayor was uh, obliged to come out and say in the press, there is no killer on the loose. You see, they all knew who did it. I don't think it's appropriate that I, I say that name off Linda Arndt was the first detective on the scene at the Ramsey house on December 26, 1996, the morning John and Patsy Ramsey had reported their six-year-old daughter, John Benet, missing. 
Art was the only officer there for much of the day. She later would be roundly criticized, vilified in the press as responsible for a bungled investigation. You see, Boulder is only a small town with the average homicide per year of one. 91,000 people in 1996, Linda. Not so much bungled by she was hung out to dry, wasn't she? She was the only person there for hours on end. There's a ransom note. She's on her own, no backup. Something I want to tell you from the timeline, though. Um, Patsy had the same clothes on as she had the night before, because there was a description of what she was wearing the night before. She had the same on the next day, and full makeup. Was it possible she was up all night? She's saying she put the same outfit on. This is multi-millionaires, a woman that used to be a beauty queen. Is she going to wear the same clothes on a plane trip the next day as she wore the night before? Does it not look like she's been up all night, really, with the same clothes on and still in her makeup? Isn't that what possibly happened? In my opinion, Patsy Ramsey was up all now night. Now she's speaking out to set the record straight, telling her side of that dramatic day three years ago. It all began with a call at 6.30 in the morning from her sergeant. At 5.52, Patsy made the first call to the police. And the first police uh, arrived at 1 minute to 6. It was quite quick, really. So there's been a kidnapping. It involves a six-year-old girl. There was a ransom note, a two-and-a-half-page ransom note. And according to the ransom note, there was going to be a phone call from the author. And they were supposed to call between 8 and 10 a.m. So I was supposed to get to the house for purposes of monitoring the phone call. Well, this time there was officers already there, of course. So she was on her way at 6.35. She arrives at 8.10 after being briefed. Everything seems okay. There's police Joel? on the job. Upset. Cordial. Distraught. Did it strike you at all that he was, that that was behavior that was unusual for somebody whose child was just kidnapped? It's been my experience that people respond to trauma in different ways. So if someone has a response that is different from mine, I don't put judgment to it. I'll just, I'll just note it. And that is what she says she did all morning. Make mental notes of all things curious. Including, she says, the fact that Mr. and Mrs. Ramsey remained apart in separate rooms for most of the day. In the meantime, the ransom money was collected, ready. Uh, the phone was tapped. Ramsey's office phone was tapped. But the trouble is, start, people started cleaning the kitchen, which would destroy a lot of evidence. This was a big problem. The people in the house, which were plentiful by now, were starting to clean up, doing something useful, they thought. They cleaned the kitchen right off. Destroyed any DNA. At one point, she says John Ramsey took time out in the middle of the crisis to read his mail. I remember seeing John in the kitchen, looking through his mail, and I, I made a note that he was looking at his mail, and then I wondered, where did your mail come from? Isn't it possible maybe he was opening the mail looking for a clue from the kidnapper? I don't know. And I... Thought it was unusual, however. I can say that it stuck out. 
10 a.m., the deadline imposed by the writer of the ransom note for a telephone call. 10 o'clock comes and goes, and there's no acknowledgement within the house from anyone that the deadline imposed by the author of the ransom note is come and gone. Nobody said it's 10 o'clock and the kidnappers haven't called? Nobody said that. Was that something else you took note of? Bear in mind, the, the police officers only have tapped all the phones uh, for Ramsey. You'd think they'd be sat there waiting for the phone call, wouldn't you? Strangely, no one is watching the clock. Nobody's watching the phone. Nobody's waiting for the kidnappers to ring. Why is that? I wonder. You may have noticed by now she's being very vague and just giving out the answers she actually wrote in her police report without making any comment herself, without adding any opinion to herself. That's because she's got to. She's got a gagging order around her. That's why she's vague. By 10.30 in the morning, Art was the only police officer in the house with John and Patsy Ram. So we see there was uh, other officers there before. Quite a few. They actually sealed uh, John Bernays' bedroom as a crime scene. But curiously, not the whole house. Just her bedroom. Their pastor and four family friends. As they waited for news, the tension was mounting. Arndt called her station house for backup repeatedly, but none had arrived. Well, Arndt is getting worried by now. She's she's following for backup. Nobody's coming. They're all in meetings, it seems. Ugh. So she starts to think, well, what, what can I get these people to do? And she decides to tell them to have a look round, to keep them occupied, which is fair enough. Considering the crime scene is contaminated anyway. How many times did you call the police department asking where the backup was and what was going on? Well, I remember at least two calls. Both times I was told everybody's in a meeting. Uh, they got your message, and uh, that was it. Were you feeling pressure being in charge of a group this large and with anxiety that high? That felt tremendous pressure. 1.01 p.m. Although the house had already been searched by patrolmen before she arrived, Art says that in order to break the building tension, she asked John Ramsey and his friend Fleet White to search the house again, top to bottom, looking for anything out of place. She says she gave them specific instructions not to touch anything. She says John Ramsey headed straight to the basement. She heard Fleet White scream for an ambulance and then a chilling discovery. For Art, the pieces of the puzzle fell into place. And I see John Ramsey carrying JonBenet up the last three steps from the basement. And uh, my mind exploded. And everything that I had noted that morning that stuck out instantly made sense. How does she know that? Well, from a report, it seems that when uh, she's been carried up the stairs, she was stiff as a board. So that means rigor mortis is set. It means she was dead for a number of hours. Put Chambonet down. I knelt next to her and I leaned down to her face. And John leaned down opposite me. And um, his face was just inches from mine. And we had a non-verbal exchange that I will never forget. 
dead. And I said, yes, she's dead. And I told him to go back to the room and to dial 911. And as we looked at each other, I remember, and I wore a shoulder holster, tucking my gun right next to me. Now remember, she's got a gag in order. She can't say why. We can infer she was scared stiff that John Ramsey was going to do something drastic. That was the fear she was feeling, but she can't say it, of course. What's her I've got 18 bullets. Why did you do that? Because I didn't know if we'd all be alive when people showed up. And I've got to decipher that. She's on about 18 bullets. She's on about a massacre. Why is she thinking that? Is she up against some sort of sect, some sort of group in this room? Did she feel they were all together? I said everything made sense in that instance. And, uh, I knew what happened. Do you think your fear was well-founded? You bet I do. Somebody talking from inside the case that knows a lot more than we do. She's damn sure that her fear of being shot by this group or one or maybe more than one people was well founded because what she's learned since that she can't tell us because the guy never wavered you were afraid because you thought the killer was still in the house I knew it well I don't know here and I'd love to ask Linda how Linda do you know it you've been there for a few hours no one's confessed to you anything but you've seen the body is the body the reason why you knew the killer was still in the room. It can only be something she's seen, because she's been told nothing. Absolutely. Absolutely. John Ramsey found his daughter's body at five past one. He started shouting, oh, my baby. Just shouting to get attention. Cadder up the stairs. 1.10pm, Detective Arndt moved John Benet's body from the hallway to the living room. John Ramsey came back to the living room. And he grabbed the throw that was on the back of the chair. And he says, can we please, could you please cover her body? And as he's saying it, he's already put the blanket on top of her. Arndt would later be harshly criticized for two key decisions. Asking John Ramsey to search the house and allowing John Ramsey to place the blanket on John Bonet's body. You had to know that that was going to contaminate evidence. John Bonet's body was in and of itself a crime scene. Would it be nice if John hadn't found John Bonet? Absolutely. And would it be nice if he hadn't put a blanket? Yeah, it would be great. It would be nice if there were other people to help control and keep people away. That would have been wonderful. Decoding that, what she's saying really is, had John Ramsey planned to find the body, and did he put the uh, blanket over on purpose to contaminate yes, the crime scene? Absolutely. Was she left on her own all day for a reason? Can you really blame her? Like, trying to be control right those there. people alone. That's not the circumstances that I had available And you tell me if she's missing, but you ain't never looked down John there. Ramsey, Stop playing with then me. heard Patsy Ramsey's voice. Well, just a guttural moan, aching well. 
The coroner, in fact, said the evidence was inconclusive, but ABC News has confirmed that three medical experts who consulted for the Boulder Police Department concluded the injuries were consistent with prior sexual abuse. As the Ramsey investigation dragged on for weeks, then months, and then years, the criticism of Linda Arndt's actions that December day continued. But she still defends her actions, saying she has become a scapegoat for a flawed investigation. And Linda Arndt remains convinced that she knows who killed John Benet Ramsey. She will not say the killer's name, but has no doubt that justice will never be done. Do you think this person will ever be indicted, will ever be charged or convicted? What you're saying is, whoever killed John Benet will get away with murder. Yes. That's usually the metadata is something I follow. Now, she was there. You see what she's saying, you see what she can't say, so you see what she's inferring. It took 16 years to 2013 before the truth came out, as far as I'm concerned. A bolder grand jury indictment that was in 1999. Accused John and Patsy Ramsey on two counts each of child abuse resulting in the death in connection to first-degree murder. The interesting for me is that this goes along with the theory I'm thinking of there's more than one person involved. The charges didn't directly accuse the Ramseys of killing their daughter. Instead, they alleged that parents permitted John Bonet to be in a place of dangerous situation that led to her death. And then they were accused of helping whoever killed the girl. The Ramseys, however, were never officially indicted because the former district attorney, Alex Hunter, refused to sign documents to prosecute. He felt that uh, they didn't quite have enough evidence, of course. And they were up against a massive machine of PR and money, the usual story. Rich people get away with it, don't they? Of course, the documents were compiled long before DNA improvements in forensic science so they could have a look at it again if they want to but of course politically they don't want to Boulder police they were accused of bungling the murder particularly in the early hours when they they really did fail to secure the crime scene limit to just Linda aunt on her own really that was bad wasn't it at least they're honest they're saying there's no new leads we believe we're at the point it was unlikely there'll ever be a prosecution the police still hold out some hope one day the district attorney will be able to put together a case worthy of presenting to a jury. Her parents were um, placed under what's called an umbrella of suspicion, but they denied all involvement consistently. Umbrella, which means more than them involved, you see. This is what we're getting to here. There's more than them involved. The counts and the indictments were identical to both of the Ramseys. Count four of the indictments said the Ramseys did unlawfully, knowingly, recklessly, offensively present a child to be unreasonably yeah, placed in a situation money from Epstein, which posed a threat of injury on a child's life. And then he met them after the party. That's what they're thinking. He was That's already at the house. Count seven of the indictments down in the said basement. the Ramseys... They Gave her a piece of pineapple or something. Uh, with intent, down in the basement. Discovery, Next thing you know, the baby prosecution, did. Conviction and the punishment of Fuck such a person here. for the commission of the crime. Knowing that person being assisted, committed and was suspected of the crime of murder in the first degree and child abuse resulting in death.
Of course, the police aren't the prosecutors. The prosecutors don't want to waste taxpayers' money if they haven't got a chance of winning. The Baltimore police released a suggested report that officers believe there was enough evidence to go to trial. They say that case, cases are really perfect and often contain conflicting evidence. As a result, the opportunity to present the entire case to a jury may well be lost forever. We also understand that the criteria for taking a case to a trial is higher than just a probable cause. You see, they have to be sure they can get a conviction. The police release hinted that the relationship between Hunter, the DA, and the police department not only got in the way, but stopped the case going any further. I mean, this case is remarkably similar to the PJ releasing their files because they were frustrated they couldn't get any further with trying to bring their mechanics to court. Isn't it so similar? The PJ released the files because they couldn't go any further. The Boulder police released this indictment because they couldn't go any further. Their way of saying, well, at least you know now why we were thinking of taking them to court. That's all they could do, really, wasn't it? Will this case ever go to court? Well, this is only part three. We've got a lot more to do. I'll leave you with the embedded confession of a drowsy Patsy Rams. They've been waking up, saying to the police officer, why did they do this? Why did they do this? Who are they, Patsy? We're never going to know. She's no longer with us. She clearly believes a group of people took John Bonet's life. A lot of people not talking on there. A lot of people gagged. I guess we'll never know. Well, we'll keep digging. For the sake of little John Bonet Ramsey. To me, it just seems history is repeating itself. What do you think? I think the family has something to do with it at one point or another. The father had sex with the girl, the mama played with her vagina, the little boy was fucking with the little girl, and people like Epstein and them was using her as a drug, and that lady who's now on trial for drug, um, sex trafficking, uh, children, had a pedophile ring going on, Then Trump was a part of it, as well as a lot of, uh, high-level entertainers, and, um, a few senators, so, John Bonet being the most popular, uh, child, and a very pretty little girl, um, actually, um, and even if she wasn't as pretty as they made it seem, her mother had enough money to dress her up pretty enough, just like a Beyonce type thing, like, if you have enough money, oh bitch, you will look good, and so, at six years old, uh, I do believe she was a pedophile's dream come true, especially if you could get close to her, and who could get close to her, oh, I don't know, rich people, selling their houses to, uh, and, um, allowing certain people to be attorneys in certain situations as a 
benefits and rewards for allowing certain things to happen with children and keeping it secret. So now all of a sudden you want to tell everybody how many millions of dollars uh, Pat and John Ramsey had. Really? (sighs) Did you sell your daughter? Was the man or persons who ever they are waiting were they waiting in your home when you came back from the Christmas party did you make arrangements well you go ahead and leave first just go ahead and just wait down in the basement and then you know when we get back to the house you just sign that on over and the party is on um have you a couple of slices of pineapple while you're at it and um what the fuck you know or did the little boy who was molesting his little sister, she got mad because she didn't want to do it that day and cracked her upside the head with the flashlight and you guys want to sit up here and act like that doesn't happen? Well, it happened to me, so, and it wasn't my brother, thank God, but it was definitely close enough that um, that shit happens. So, and then for the mother and father to cover it. I mean, what you gonna do? Let them take him too? Jesus Christ. You lost one child. You lost two child. Now you're gonna lose the third one to prison or even uh, well, he wouldn't have been deaf, a death sentence, but he definitely would have been gone to the system. So, mm, I don't know. And then if your husband did it, well, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with you because yeah, it's on. We fighting up in this bitch. And I'm about to cut your penis off and go on and send it to your mama. And your ratchet ass brothers. A piece for each of them. But with that being said, we can't bring little John Bonet back. But that's pretty fucked up that she got tossed about in this world. And I'm going to tell you, as a person, a female that has been raped and by a family member when she was five and six years old, believe that shit happens. Believe that shit happens. And believe the parents don't know sometimes. So, and with that being said, I have no sympathy for any kind of child molester or rapist or anyone who allows it to go on. And, um... Rest in peace, little JonBenet. Whoever did it, either they've already paid for it because most of them are dead, or he will pay for it because I think your brother is the only one left. So, and if he's not the only one left, then they all know. And somebody gave him that advice to sue for $750 million. But I keep looking at this little white motherfucker, and I gotta tell you, with that little shit-eating grin he has on his face, trying to look innocent with his little smart cad remarks still to this day, even when she was first murdered here 20-some-odd years later, he still got a little smart-ass remark. Yeah. I gotta say, I think he's guilty, too, at some point. I'm <laughs> sorry.
John Ramsey, John Bonet's father, found her lifeless body in the basement, a moment he told me about in 2012. When I found her, it was a rush of relief. And then, of course, within moments, I realized that she probably was dead. You knew where she but was. But she was back in my arms. The family home That's hours after the they discovery said, Look, you captured straight in these to crime scene videos, seen for the first time in an investigation discovery docu-series airing this week, John strangled with a garret, her skull fractured, and there were signs of sexual abuse. At first, investigators found no apparent signs of a break-in, and the Ramsey family came under the investigative microscope. Burke, too, placed under the harsh lights of the interrogation room. As seen in these newly discovered tapes of police interviews, included in an A&E documentary, the theory was that Burke killed her accidentally and the family was covering up the crime. Inside the Ramsey home, a flashlight, heavy enough to be a murder weapon, the strangulation device made from the broken handle of Patsy's paintbrush. The bizarre ransom note was found to have been written on Patsy's notepad. The ransom note is the single most important piece of evidence that led the authorities to think it had to be someone in the house. I.e. John and Patsy Ramsey. Because who else would they would say, to write that intricate note and practice it beforehand other than someone trying to cover up a crime? The police play hardball, bluffing about the evidence they have. We have traced evidence that appears to link you to the death of John Bonet. But Patsy never wavered, always adamant about their innocence. Go back to the damn drawing board. I didn't do it. John Ramsey didn't do it, and we didn't have a clue of anybody who did do it. Outside the Ramsey's home, a constant crush of cameras. Looking back on it, it was looks like madness. But at the time, we were so crushed by the loss of her child that it didn't matter. John and Patsy Ramsey were never charged with the crime, but were nonetheless skewered in the court of public opinion. This is the first time that you've sat for an extended interview. They eventually tried to set the record straight with Barbara Walters. Mr. Ramsey, did you kill John Benet? No, I did not. Mrs. Ramsey, did you kill your daughter? No, I did not kill my daughter. But if not the Ramseys, then who did it? John Benet was a pedophile's dream come true. Lou Smith, the late detective who was brought in by the Boulder District Attorney's Office to conduct an independent investigation, believed a sexual predator killed John Benet. I believe he brought her down to the farthest, deepest part of that basement and did very brutal things to her. Smith uncovered evidence that had reportedly been overlooked by the Boulder police. A broken window where the killer could have entered. A footprint. Marks on John Bonet, indicative of a stun gun. That was a little parade in uh, Charlevoix. When I spoke to John Ramsey in 2012, he had a lingering sense of regret. Child beauty pageants made him uncomfortable. And he told me if he had another chance, he wouldn't let John Bonet compete publicly. Were you naive about letting her compete in pageants? Yeah, probably. Yeah. But your lesson was, what if we inadvertently exposed her to the killer? Obviously, you don't want to keep him locked in the house, but um, it's just an awareness. Not everyone around you is a nice, good person. A 
re-examination of the DNA evidence using new technology found an unidentified male's DNA on John Bonet's underpants, essentially clearing the Ramsey family. This is the only case where I think I have fundamentally turned as much as I have, thinking probably to no way over the course of an intense investigation. The new district attorney, Mary Lacey, took the extraordinary step of formally exonerating the Ramseys. But vindication didn't come soon enough for the Ramseys. Patsy died from ovarian cancer in 2006. Today, John is remarried and lives a quiet life well, in Michigan. I struggled a lot with forgiveness and what that meant. The first phase was, I can't forgive this creature. You know, let me get my hands on it. We won't need a trial. Well, no one would blame you for being angry and yeah. bitter. And I was for a time, I, I, absolutely. But but you can't stay there and, and because it's, it's damaging to you as a person. It's, it's a gift you give yourself to let it go. As for Burke, he's now a software engineer and once again back in the headlines. It's sort of surprising that Burke gave up his anonymity. And I think in retrospect it was probably a mistake. I don't think he came across that well even though he's totally innocent. And yet 20 years later, he ain't totally innocent. Case, still an unsolved murder. The Boulder police chief releasing this video statement. We remain focused on this investigation and finding justice for John Bonet. Her murder remains America's great whodunit mystery, still haunting the public imagination. The notion that these rich parents might have killed their child was an amazing question slash soap opera slash mystery. And it was a true unsolved mystery to this day. And it will never be solved. For Nightline, I'm Juju Chang in New York. Bye, John Bonet. So, again, Bert creepy ass. I'll make him tell the truth. Give him to me. Give me 30 minutes with Burke Ramsey. I don't know who killed his sister. I really don't feel like speaking, but real quick, I'm going to do this. Because, um, I guess I'm agitated, that might be the word. I went on Facebook today and I saw a hysterical looking white girl looking like she was on crystal meth having a freaking panic attack. I don't know what she's talking about. I came in the middle of her conversation. She's in her car. But I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt that she's trying to go somewhere with the point. So I hit her up while she's live. And tell her, you know, you're looking kind of haywire there. What's going on? And, um, you know, she was a pretty cool person, honestly. And um, I watched her go live, do her thing. Her name was Summer. I think it was Summer Dickerson or something like that. Anyway, she went live. She did her thing, giving out free food or help to some random stranger. Which is what... Um, my council represents and that's one of our goals was to have females represent nationwide and just go out and help one random person so I was quite impressed and so I'm laughing and joking with her I'm 
like, here's my cash app. And then she goes on her little slight rant about, oh, I don't do cash apps. Okay, fine. I don't really give a fuck what you do. Um, that's your selfishness. But next. So that's what I'm thinking, but I ain't tripping off of it. So while, meanwhile, some fucking uh, other white people come hitting my page up talking about I'm a troll. I don't even know what the fuck a troll is. And really, I that was the first time I ever talked to somebody live on Facebook that was doing a live shot. So, like I told her, I said, I don't know what a troll is, but uh, I guess I'm trolling you now. You know, because I thought she was pretty cool. I was like, you know, maybe we can hook up and do something worldwide. Get something started. You know what I'm saying? I can clearly see you're white. I'm black. Shit, let's do this. Let's, you know, not act like color matters. But, of course, then you have these motherfucking KKK acting ass people looking at what somebody else is saying. And I don't know. They decided to speak on my grammar or whatever, but they couldn't even spell and didn't know how to use uh, a simple word like two in the correct context, so uh, why I would listen to them, I don't know, and um, a lot of you may not know, I have written for several magazines, and I am a syndicated columnist, and I do have more than probably 50 websites under different names and and, uh, synonyms, as well as... uh, my own name so I am who I am I don't know who the fuck these people were but I was just talking to Summer you know so I gave her my email I don't know what she did with it I don't know I bounced off her page and bounced back but at the end of the the um uh, the last moment of her speaking as I was about to click off she went into her house because she's live, so she was on her phone, and her puppies came running out. And why in the hell are her puppies exactly like my poncho? And now you can take a look at my web, my Facebook page for Poncho, for Poncho Neeks, Neek Collins' wife, or you can just look on my page and see pictures of that have been on my page for years and I ain't never seen this woman before today so I wouldn't know anything about like her puppies I'm just saying and just it gave me like um like it was a sign and Poncho was my heart and unfortunately he got lost out there somewhere somebody stole him or whatever happened Somebody sold him when I he was supposed to have been at the babysitters. And Poncho is a black and white um, Shih Tzu. And he had like eyes like the raccoon um, eyes and the um, mask. and the, But he has a black heart on his side. Like Shih Tzus have certain special marks. But anyway, when I saw her puppies, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so cute. So I'm teasingly saying... You have my puppy. And right before my finger hit the button, I saw the expression on her face. <laughs> she looked like, okay, you crazy. <laughs> but I couldn't unhit the button. My finger was already going down. 
but it was so hilarious but um i had already cussed out a couple of her fans and i told her you know i want to do an interview on my podcast because i really don't know what she was ramping about ranting about i honestly just am curious to know where she was going because she had tears in her eyes makeup running down her face hair flying everywhere and um but she was still a really nice nice person you know that i could see her fans weren't very nice they were weird like they kept getting off of her subject talking about her hair and then instead of talking to her these motherfuckers talking to me like motherfucker, like they jealous because she was talking to me. Like you know what, y'all some weird ass people. But here I am, and so this is dedicated to one love. Peace out. <laughs>